Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The Square Ball Podcast. Welcome to the show. It's brought to you in association with Levi Solicitors, who will offer you not only a 10% discount on your legal fees, but Michael, say the words. Well, they'll give you 15%, won't they, on your wills, your probate, your conveyance, and your big three. Yes, and how will uh, the audience member find that out? Using the code that is on the Phil Hay Monday Club. Well done. Thank you very I much. I reckon in another few months you'll have that nailed. They better not change it. Yeah, just when they've had enough of your, uh, your shambolic delivery. Yes, the URL, have a look at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. For your 10% discount, head over to the Monday Club for details on the 15% discount. It's Dan here, along with Michael and Moscow White as well, Daniel Chapman, who is waving at the camera, which you will see if you're on YouTube. If you're listening on the audio version, you will find it on YouTube. Moscow is now dabbing. Stop that. This is the um, the weekly update show where we will uh, go through the week's, the week's news. You've been up to much? Quite a week? Um, just looking at what's going on in the world, yeah. more or less. Peeping at it through my fingers. Yeah, it's been, that's, I've quite enjoyed it, really. We've also got the uh, the match preview, Man City in part two. <laughs> and then we've got heroes and villains towards the back end of the show as well. Part one, then, this is the news. Been a busy week, yes, hasn't it, Moscow? Big Sam, we've had a statement from Javi Gracia. Messages from players about upset children, children that are not upset. Just Victor Otto, who is upset. Yeah, People who are upset, the Victor Otto's upset. A lot of upset. A lot of upset. Big Sam seems happy. Well, he well that, not that happy. <laughs> it seemed, yeah, I think the it, press conference was weird because I'd listened to, I'd forgotten it was on, so I was catching up with it. And on YouTube, you can stick it, put it onto double speed, can't you? So I thought I'll, I was five minutes behind. I thought I'll stick it onto double speed, then I'll catch up with it. But then it meant by the time I got to Big Sam at Big Sam pace, he sounded extra slow, which I think maybe changed my perception. I've of said it. that, said that about you. This like I edit this at about one point five times speed just to mm. save on a bit of time. I'm not used to hearing him speak at normal volume anymore. Normal pace. It's wild. Did he sound like this? Yeah, but is that how he sounds? He sounded less perky than I've heard him in the past. I was impressed. Not impressed, I suppose it's the downside of having hired such a well-known person in the Premier League, is that Sky Sports immediately were on TikTok with an edit of his best moments. It's all Big Sam is back. Uh, with the soundtrack being Many Men by 50 Cent, oh. which is quite a... I didn't really expect that all to be... Is it a bop? ...clashing together. As I wouldn't describe would it as a bop, no. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm not sure if people wishing death on Sam Allardyce was ever particularly his problem, but that's his 
comeback tune, according to Sky. But his demeanour in the press conference, maybe it's just, you know, he said he'd got there at seven and it was four o'clock when the the press conference started. Is what is he, 67? Probably not being able to fit a nap in. 68, so. you mentioned his, his advancing years, but he's, he's, he's advanced facing... Based on everybody else in the Premier League, isn't he? He's up there with the best of them, as he, as he phrased it. Words to that effect. Pep, Arteta. I mean... Pep those, agrees. Those comments were so daft. They were just funny, weren't they? And I mean, he, do, you, do you buy into the idea that he's done it just to take pressure off the players and make it about him? You've you got to do it, haven't you, really? You've got to buy into the idea because the, because the alternative is that he's mad. Potentially, yeah. I mean, he could, in fairness, he could legitimately claim to be better than Arteta because he still hasn't achieved anything, has he? He's still not won anything. He's going to finish second this year, which, which you know, fine, is good. But Oli Gunnar Solskjaer finished second, didn't he? And he's not a good manager. Yeah, I think there's two strands to this. One is kind of shifting the attention onto him. Doesn't really work in his case because I think he has a profile, which is what was getting out with the sky tiktok thing that kind of exceeds anything anyway him being leeds manager has brought more attention onto leeds united in general with it has that cut through with people who don't know much about football or don't really follow it get in touch with you like you know that that big sam guy manager of your what happened to the argentinian you had last week that well you've you've missed a bit yeah um so him kind of displacing the the attention away from the players on him doesn't really work because his very presence brings pres- brings attention mm. onto the club as a whole. You could kind of sneak it all out with like everything that's going on under the radar and only in the football pages. This is the kind of thing that breaks through to main news. The other part of it is basically he's got Pep Guardiola agreeing with him. I don't know if this is the um, the beginning of the mind games, but if you saw Guardiola's comments after beating West Ham last night where he said, he is right. I want to be honest. Now look with what happened, for example, Neil Warnock in Huddersfield. Um, it looks like uh, now the young managers are there with the tactics or whatever, so they are really good. They help us with what we are. But look at the managers. Roy Hodgson for Crystal Palace. What they have done, they are really good. They have incredible experience. They know the game perfectly. And if you f- if uh, Sam feels that, it's because of this. But then I'm, I'm That beginning... strikes me as gameplay, though. They're all just having a bit of a laugh, aren't they? Well, yeah, he's saying uh, the people who are 35, 40, 45, did we invent football or create football? No, football is already created and these guys belong to that um, and they helped us to do it. So Neil Warnock, Huddersfield was in the last spot and now it's already out of the dangerous positions. And yeah, I do wonder about the, um, the mind games part of this where Sam Allardyce is saying, I'm as good as Pep and Klopp. And then Guardiola's going like, yeah, Neil Warnock's a good manager, isn't he, Sam? And like, and so it all, and then so obviously, when a Huddersfield play, I think they've got probably two games over the weekend, Bank Holiday, but they'll be playing soon. So Neil Warnock's press conference, obviously, is going to be so. Pep Guardiola was praising you. I was like, oh well, I mean, you know, Sam's a great, a great, great guy, and you know, Sam, Sam's right with what he says about uh, with about Pep and and Jurgen because you know the, we were pressing back in 1975. So it's all gonna, it's become somehow within a day of Sam Allardyce being here, he's rattled. Guardiola's door and then he's gone and shaken Neil Warnock up and at some point Steve Evans is going to be chipping in and I wouldn't be surprised I've got, word, if, I've got the words Evans Warnock written on, a, written on a page in front of me we're going to be hearing from Darko Milanic soon so like everybody from the last 10 years is going to be all coming out but you've, you've only put that Michael because that's the name of your twin boys <laughs> it is little yeah, Evans and little Warnock yeah but both middle names uh, Darko and Uwe the middle, <laughs> the, the middle names yeah I, I do feel like 
Allardyce is almost complete in a set. I know, I know we did Warnock and Evans out of order, didn't we? But that sort of knows what they're doing. Traditional English manager, we'll call them. Yeah. We've, we've gone through this. It does remind me of us getting Warnock in a way, because he's someone who I feel like for years we kind of laughed about getting him, saying, wouldn't that be terrible? And it was. And then we came to get him. <laughs> and, and when he was appointed, everyone went, well, we'll see how it goes, I guess. He does have a decent record. And that's the thing with, I think the reaction to it has been mainly like, well, the other thing wasn't working. He's as well equipped as anyone we could legitimately have got at this stage to do this. And he's a hell of a lot of money as well. Mm. That's the other, that's the other aspect. But you lose a lot. You lose a lot of money but, by not doing it. Yeah, I mean, oh, it's yeah. half a million quid, isn't it, that we've definitely lost in appointing him, which well, he, I guess isn't that much. Here's the way to think about it: one eightieth of uh, John Kevin Augustine. If he comes in and he doesn't win a single point and Leeds don't score a single goal, mm. he'll still get half a million quid. And the other possibility is we've discussed is we could not win a single point and not score a single goal, still stay up, in which case he gets three million quid. Mm. <laughs> so it's when he said that, oh yeah, it only took me two seconds to, to take that offer, I am not surprised. Mm. So it, it is um it is it is desperate. And I think the size of that bonus and even the fee just to have him for a month speaks to that desperation. And it also is like the end game. As, like you were saying about joking about, and I feel like people were joking as well about Frank Lampard ending up at Chelsea, like, oh, they'll, they'll probably get rid of Potter and just put Lampard in. Ended up happening. And it keeps, you know, all these people who run football clubs, you know, Angus Kinnear keeps going on about, oh, we can't have government interference in football. We all know exactly what we're doing. You know, we're doing a great job of making a lot of profit from this game. And then really, like, the next time he's saying, like, honestly... We know what we're doing. It's like, okay, well, we'll talk us through that day when you went through your fucking contacts book and you couldn't come up with a better idea than giving uh, Sam Allardyce three million quid. Like, is that was that was the big strategic plan, was it? That's what you want to be left alone. No, we'll all be fine. We'll run the Premier League. Nobody needs to worry about what we're doing. Fans, don't worry your pretty little heads about how complicated running a Premier League club is. You just wouldn't understand what we're doing. You know, the, that ten percent on the season tickets, we'll we'll be spending that very wisely. You don't. You know, it's very necessary. You, if, unless you unless you really understand big business, you just don't, honestly. And then, like, the bit that that really got to me about the, the press conference both made me sort of laugh and cry was when Allardyce was talking about Robbie Keane's coaching qualifications and said, uh, you know, we've worked together a lot at Soccer Aid. It's like, <laughs> this is what we're down to. It's like, oh, if, I can get a, if I can get a song out of Paddy McGuinness, I can get Paddy Bamford scoring a few goals. It's like, Jesus... How many weeks ago was it when we were talking about Sam Allardyce managing at Lucas's testimonial? Yeah, not long. I was. Um, so does he know the club? He's managed. Yeah. At, he's managed at Ellen Road. He's going to end up assuming that this is uh, all um, he does is these four games. He will have managed more soccer aids than Leeds United games when he retires. He's, still, he's already done more soccer aids than the England job. Mm. But, um, <laughs> well, yeah. That's, Here's yeah, a low bar though. Get Angus Deaton up front. Just talking about um, Jamie Theakston in goal. <laughs> Just, Melier's low on confidence. Deakston's never lacked for it. Just thinking about like what you were saying there about Robbie Keane coming in and the whole well, there's the, there's first of all the he knows the club energy, mm. which is obviously very important as Frank Lampard proves. But Still knows the stadium too. Thankfully, we've not developed it too much. <laughs> I was just going to say it, it's funny. We, we've gone from a manager in Jesse Marsh who people said talked far too much, said too much, and was far too much about vibes and not enough about football, and we've landed up in a place about eight or nine months later, where the best option is deemed to be somebody who says too much and has been brought in because we need vibes. 
Yeah, they need a bollocking, basically, don't they? Yeah, what it comes some, down yeah, to. They yeah. need motivation, which is, again, one of those mysteries of football who apparently on Sunday, last weekend, the players were not motivated. And then this weekend, because Sam Allardyce is here, they will be motivated. That's how football works. And that's worth half a million straight away, is that they will be motivated on the one weekend and not on the other. Um, and it's like the thing with Allardyce, he does have a track record. Well, he doesn't really have a track record. He has a store, an amazing store of innovation, science, sports science, psychology. He's always been very forward thinking, always been very into new new technology and trying everything. I was reading some stuff about him from 2000 and there's mention of him using in training. The way it's written is uh, similar, is tracking the players using similar technology to what tracks mobile phones. You think 2000, nobody had mobile phones in 2000 anyway, and he's already got the kind of GPS tracking that we saw coming in the late 2010s with all the sports bras with trackers in. So he's, he's you know, 15 years ahead of the game in, in some aspects. But the problem with it, the two problems with him is, is that historically he's turned all that into this ultra-defensive philosophy that he's always decided. Like his conclusion from all this forward-thinking technology and all everything he's done is defend, get rid of it, percentages, don't have the ball in your own half. So it's instead of some kind of discovering an enlightened way of playing football, it's kind of driven him further back into the 1970s style, of like very old school, which is then his demeanour, which then leaves him wondering why people don't think he's, he doesn't get the credit of a Pep or a Klopp. And it's, well, you know, I do all the same technology they did before, but you've never really made anything of it. But the other thing is, none of that's relevant because we've got a month. Yeah. So all he can really do over the next four weeks is the motivation, the sports psychology, which maybe he has a good chance with because he was using a lot of that when um, he was at Bolton, even before when they were still in the championship. And there's another bit on that. He had a sports, he was the first person to have a sports psychologist 24-7 in a club. Other people were using them on a part-time basis, but he had one as a full-time, always there. And they used to sit next to each other in the director's box in the first half and it was the sports psychologist who would go down into the dressing room at halftime and write on the whiteboard what the key ideas were for the halftime team talk. So he was using all that, and that could be very useful over the next few months. But all the the rest of it, it's going to have to be basic. It's going to have to be as dumbed down as possible. You're not going to be getting any real dramatic. And I think he said this in his press conference as well. It's like, it's you, not enough time. Yeah, you can't change too much because you'll just confuse them. So you've got to kind of just get them... Get that extra 2% because 11 times 2. 22%, baby. Yep. I had full head in hands when he came up with that, but I was thinking, that, that's not... But, but there's, part, there's part of me that it goes back to what we were saying before, though. I, I, I believe he's almost doing this on purpose. He's almost doing it on purpose. No, he just doesn't understand that percentage. Maybe, well. maybe not, but the, just the whole shtick just strikes me as make the narrative about him just so the players are not under the same level of individual scrutiny and... He can bluster through. It doesn't matter if he makes a bit of a cock of himself for a month because he'll be gone in a month anyway. I mean, it will have an effect. The cameras will be focused as they used to be on Bielsa because he's a name, isn't he? He's a bit of a star in a very different way to Bielsa. But he's like Sky will love having him on there. You know, oh, Big Sam, he's coming back. It's like, well, he's like Warnock, isn't he? He'll be, he'll be doing this still in another five years, won't he? Having he kind of touched on retirement, didn't he, yesterday, saying how he thought the job, there weren't any jobs this year and he was kind of not sure if he'd retired or not and that sort of stuff, but he'll be back again for another stint. But yeah, having him there, it will distract people. Mm. Now, whether or not 
that has any effect on the way the team plays. I've no idea. I mean, you say we can't, you can't change anything. We did see when Gracia came in, we saw an instant change to to use of width. And you do see these things like when Ryan McDermott took over from Neil Warnock, we started passing it a bit more. And, you know, the, you can make some fairly fundamental changes. How good the players are at doing it is another matter because they yeah. might, it might be that, okay, That's well, the unknown, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to try and move to, we're going to change a few fundamental bits. But if you try to do that, but then, you know, Luke Ayling is still pressing really high up the pitch when he's now being told to sit, whether or not he can do that, I don't know. Yeah, we soon find yeah. out. Yeah, just on the shtick thing, I think it is more. It is who he is. Because one, I was when I said there was something else about his championship days. I got a quote from him, two thousand and one. Sadly, because so he's famous for the Aladici thing. You know, yeah, if yeah, I yeah. would manage Real Madrid if I was called Aladici, not Aladice. And uh, twenty ten, he was saying, "I'm not suited to Bolton or Blackburn. I'd be more suited to Inter Milan or <laughs> Real Madrid." That's twenty ten. This quote. 2001 sadly people like me are not the in thing now you need to be Italian wear sunglasses drive a beautiful car and know all about the beautiful game and that's he's talking about why he's not getting one of the big the top four jobs Bolton hadn't even got promoted at that point he was still in the second division going like yeah you've got to be an Italian to get one of the top jobs you've got to you've got to have nice sunglasses it's I think it is real with him that it's kind of this resentment that he's, yeah, carried he's got through, quite a chip on his shoulder about even it. before he was in the Premier League saying, why haven't I got one of the top Premier League jobs? Well, it's because I'm Allardyce, not from Dudley, not Aladici. You wonder, when you look at Warnock now, when he's doing his... Um, his uh, he's started now that Huddersfield are almost safe. He's back to promoting his tour again. <laughs> and you see these video clips of him doing his, doing his catchphrases. And we've, we've talked about it before, about him becoming self-aware. But that does seem to have only happened since he retired. And then he got a Twitter account and a social media team going like, right, you do your catchphrases, people will love it. It's like, like what catchphrases? Ah, Neil, roll. Right, well, let me tell you. And I wonder if there's a similar thing with Allardyce where it's like, it's real, but he's learned how to how to use it or he knows that people... He's kind of subvert, it he's subverting it, the, the stereotype, if you like, a little bit by, by, by owning it. But, but in the end, because one of the Allardyce, Allardyce thing, I think is the one where he was like, and I'm saying that with a bit of tongue in cheek because I know... People will say that I always say this. It's like, well, you can't really claim that this is being said with your tongue in your cheek when it's the exact same thing you've been saying for 15 years without your tongue in your cheek. So mm. at some point there is a real, you know, and how long did it take him to start getting into I'm as good as Jurgen Klopp? Well, the only thing I was going to say on that, Moscow, is that he did end that point by saying, there you go, I've given you your headline. He didn't end his point by saying not? that. He then waited two questions and then halfway through somebody asking a question about five minutes later was like by the way did you notice I gave you a headline before right. and so he's like I was asking about something else he's like I gave you a headline you got you all got your headline it's like yeah I fucking noticed Sam yeah I just I just wonder if that was maybe him overplaying it slightly but also just pointing out pointing the tell if pointing out the tell if you like mm. this is what I did this is my move yeah but then again but you've been doing it all along anyway hasn't he so yeah, yeah, yeah and okay, I, right. I don't know how if he th- if he thought it was too subtle <laughs> maybe let's talk we'll talk about subtle let's talk about Harry because he's released that statement and he's done an interview with Adam Crafton at The Athletic as well. Comes across as a really humble, nice guy who's not had a bad word to say about anything. Maybe too pure for this world? For Leeds United, certainly. We loved him, didn't we, for a, a bit? <laughs> for like a month. And then it all went very badly wrong. But it's it's hard to have any any actual bad feeling towards him, isn't it? It's... I think is it Phil, we can, we can pick this up with Phil when we speak to him 
after this for, for Friday's Phil Hayes show, but sort of saying he'll kind of end up being remembered as almost like a, a Chilino-esque appointment now because mm. of the, the short-term um, nature of him being here. Which should say more about Radvitsani and Kinnear than anybody else, really, shouldn't it? Yeah. I, it's no, they've descended yeah. into Chilino appointments rather than... And it's similar, you will regard him, or we will regard him in a similar way to Darko Milanic, where it's yeah. just like, yeah, Chilino was right, he was a good-looking guy. <laughs> <laughs> Seemed fine. But he's been he's been dead nice about it, and he's sort of saying how much of a privilege it is. Maybe we need somebody who's who is this mercurial, enigmatic figure. Somebody like I'm not saying somebody like Big Sam specifically, but in the way that the Bielsa seemed to exist outside the club. Maybe maybe that's just what it needs. Somebody to come in and just not give a toss about all Legion United's baggage. I don't know. Maybe I mean it did it did feel like the job wore him down very very quickly with uh, with Gracia. I don't know if it. I think maybe it's just perception that to begin with we thought he was just a quiet man. And by the end, he looked like a weak man, a beaten weak man. Yeah, he yeah. has been fighting his corner, and he does have a point. He was doing it, I think, because his general demeanour. And he was asked at one point where they said, "How are you so calm?" And he's like, "I'm not. <laughs> I'm just being calm here." Mm. But actually, you know, the job is very stressful. I'm not sleeping. I'm doing, all. and so, and he's meant, he mentioned it in a couple of the press conferences when I think he he realised he was under pressure. And he says it in his interview with Adam Crafton as well, and he's got a good point. We got 11 points in my 11 matches, while Everton got eight points, Leicester and Southampton took six, and Forest five. So everybody else, that all our rivals, got fewer points with their clubs than I got with mine. And he made the point as well that we were 19th when he took over and we're now 16th. Hmm. So he can look back on what he did and say he was doing what he was asked to do, get more points per game, get us out of the relegation places, do better than the teams who were also down there. Fine. The problem was, and we know, you know, and you can't argue with the other side of it as well, conceding six, five, four, not even looking like a performance, and then going up against Manchester City. Like, if we'd have played against Manchester City the way we played against Bournemouth, it could have been 40. And then, you know, the uh, getting more points than Everton, you know, we are still in that position where we could, I keep saying it, we could conceivably not win another point and still stay up. But just getting beaten the way we were getting beaten by the end was not on. But you can't really, so you can't argue with the state of the way that we were playing and the number of goals we're conceding. But I think you also have to give Grathia his due for that argument and say, yeah, I mean, Everton have just lost loads. Southampton have been pathetic. Everyone's saying, oh, Nottingham Forest are doing well. They're getting out of it. They got less than half as many points as he did in the same number of games. So you can't, you can't shake the feeling of momentum though, can you, at this point no. of the season? And also you look at the games we've just had and there were so many points available there. You look at Fulham, Palace, Bournemouth. These are all games where when you're down there, you think, okay, we, we need to be getting stuff out of these. Yeah. Leicester at home, obviously we did get something, but that's one that you look at and say, you've got to win that at this stage. We missed all the big there. opportunities. Didn't we? Yeah, we did. We, that feels the way this season's gone. We've missed opportunities throughout. We've missed opportunities to sack Marsh early and get someone else in. We've missed opportunities to just get out of it by beating, by beating Crystal Palace, by beating Leicester. So many easy ways of that we could have just got out of this. January, we had thirty-five million pounds to spend on <laughs> Rutter, and think if that had been because I think one of the other ways that um, Grathia really suffered in the end is losing Tyler Adams. Because mm. you look at the way that the goals have been scored against us, all it's like waltzing through a non-existent midfield, and imagine the difference of somebody actually running to stop some of those things happening could have made in front of the back four. And that was Tyler Adams. And we were doing well before Tyler Adams got injured. We won at Wolves, but even there you saw the 
we brought Rasmus on, he scored, but then going defensive, once Wolves put the pressure on, they scored two. And again, it's that area in front of the defence. Once the defence wasn't protected by Tyler Adams anymore, they really never looked like not conceding lots of goals ever again. So either Grathia is unlucky because Tyler Adams was injured and you couldn't foresee that, or maybe in January, Weston McKenney was not the right midfielder to sign and Jorginho Rutter was not the right person to spend £35 million on when perhaps you could have had Weston McKenney and somebody else as well. We could have really bolstered the midfield options to give us much more in there because that's the one the one bit where I think Rathia came quite close to criticising what he'd come into as he kept saying. It's like when Adam Forshaw was back on the bench, he's like, well, you know, we don't have any central midfielders. So yes, I am happy that Adam Forshaw is, is back because I do not have many options there. Lads, can I bring you some bad news? The Bielsa party is over. That's what Garth Crooks is saying. <laughs> has he been having right? one? <laughs> Has, has, did, has Garth Crooks been just absolutely raging on a, a three-year Bielsa party? I've just seen, just seen a headline like, Garth Crooks warns uh, relegation is a real threat. The Bielsa party is over. Thanks, Garth. Wow, you really on the ball. Wow, this is, this is news. Uh, let's just um, wrap up the other stuff then. And uh, the 21s overseen by Victor Orta. I think he was managing him at the time when this this went spectacularly. I'm being, me, being on purpose. Yeah, went to West Brom needing a point to win the... Uh, Premier League Division 2 uh, title and get promoted back to the top level blew it didn't they so it's was there 10 minutes 10 minutes before the end yeah. it does feel a bit harsh to be because um, there was that business with the, the basketball player the other week saying that there's no no failure in sport you know Michael Jordan played 15 years won 6 titles did he fail the other 9 years did it you know they were 10 minutes away from winning the damn title so and yeah, one yeah. one lucky shot from uh, what was it, about 25 yards out that that guy, it was like the best um, effort West Brom had all day, just went in. So I do... We, we would be deliberately... Youth football is mean. A, it is a mystery as well, because if we go up and some of the players who are currently in that team end up moving to the first team next year, like if we go down in particular, you think, well, it might be that Sonny Perkins, Matteo Joseph, Montero, these are people who, who are now in the first team and then you have an even weaker team in the top division, getting spanked every week. Mm. And is that good for them? And teams win that league routinely. There's in the top league, like teams that have won it in the past. And then no players actually turn into anything yeah. from it. It's just because they hoover up all good young players. You wouldn't play for it, but in a way, the playoffs, if they, assuming they, they go through them both, two wins at Elland Road and you get a, a party at the end under pressure with a crowd, it could be better for them than just winning the title with a draw mm. at West Brom's. It was even Walsall's training ground that was played at. Yeah, just somewhere in the Midlands with nobody there. So if player development is all about playing games, two more games, so they'll all be world beaters. <laughs> Thanks to it. So that's the, the positive spin on all that. But um, yeah, you could say like poor old uh, Archie Gray didn't look like he was getting up at the end of that game. He was lying on the floor crying and you remember he's 16. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Part two of this show is the preview section. We got Man City at the weekend. Isn't it weird how football just has this uh, this strange characteristic of, of you roll the dice, you do something different, even if, if that dice does come up with Sam Allardyce on the face. And it frames this game differently to how we felt probably going into it had we just rolled forward with Javi Gracia. Because now we're going to win. Is that fact? No. Got one no. in us? Uh, do we have one in us? We've always got one in us, but probably not. Probably not this one. No. His form goes. <laughs> the only thing, the Man only, City are doing all right at the moment. Aren't the, they? the only way we've got one in us in this is the unknowable chaos factor served up by the universe very occasionally. Mm. But most of the time, things are orderly and come out as you expect. It's yeah. it feels like full League Two against Premier League FA Cup stuff. Does this, which which the odds reflect in fairness? So. Yeah, I mean, Man City, I've, I've realised I've not updated the sheet since last night. They've now won 14 of their last 15 games. Yeah. Not, not, so they're due to lose one. It's not that they've not been beaten in that. They've won. They've won those. Just win every single week. Apart yeah. from when they didn't have to win and they drew in Munich. The uh, the only thing, though, the last one, the one last night was against an understrength West Ham, who by being organised did get to half-time nil-nil. So you do cling to those little bits. And then how did it end up? Well... I can't remember what the first goal for City was like. It was was that the back post header? Okay. Yes, yes, it was. It was. So it was a set piece, wasn't it? So what, so. It, what it took was the uh, the West Ham defender, whose name escapes me, just stepped backwards momentarily quicker than the rest of his teammates who were holding the line. And mm. as a result, it gave Ake half a yard just to go in and nod that one straight into the goal. And then the second one was um, they passed it to Haaland. <laughs> yeah. So that was, that, well, that was he, fine. Well, he did a full 90... Mm. last night so he's either maybe going to get a rest on Saturday with Real Madrid to come on Tuesday or they just let him get a hat-trick in half an hour and then take him off yeah they have that option don't they Yeah. I mean the game last night I didn't watch it I'm only seeing the goals from it but on paper it looked a bit like when we played them at Ellen Road because actually you came away from that thinking oh we've done alright there we've lost 3-1 yeah exactly and they didn't score like super early in it did they we held them for a bit but then once they scored they felt like they were always going to win it because yeah. they just always had so much more to give. Like when I watched them against Arsenal the other week, they looked like a team that were trying to prove a point and were going out to demoralise the opposition and be like, be as good as they could possibly be on the day. Didn't feel like that, Ellen Road. It felt like they turned up and were like, look, just wait. It's a good job uh, our manager hasn't been trying any mind games to wind them up <laughs> <laughs> before this one. That could go either way. But there is that. that is kind of the, the hope is if Haaland's maybe not, if he could be rested for... 
the Champions League and De Bruyne probably because he didn't play against West Ham. It might be that they don't use him against us as well. So they've only got loads of other really good players. Mm. I think that's the problem that that we face against Manchester City this season, unlike other seasons, is that they've somehow got it right so that when a player isn't playing... There's so, a re- another really good one. <laughs> yeah, which they've always had, but never in quite such a seamless yeah, yeah. way. Like Phil Foden hasn't been used as much because they've, they've put everything into Haaland this year. So he's been a bit like Grealish was last year, where he's been a bit more on the fringes, but then he comes on as a late sub against West Ham last night and scores the third. Well, and, not his goal. Not and his, his goal. and he's absolutely looks ecstatic about just being there. So I watched, I wasn't really watching it. I saw the very end when Calvin Phillips came on in the 89th minute. And he even seemed to be joking. How did he do? He seemed to be joking with the fourth official that like, I don't think we're going to get a touch here. And he did, I don't know if he did. He was only on for like two minutes and then the final whistle blew. But doesn't matter. Happy. Like everybody is really comfortable in their role and with the amount of time that they're getting on the pitch and the, the job that they're asked to do, whether it's as a substitute or as a starter, even Haaland, like how you've been waiting the number of times when Guardiola has pulled him up, where he scored two, half an hour to go, and he's going to get a hat-trick and Guardiola subs him off. And if that was Cristiano Ronaldo, he would get in his car, there'd be hell to pay. Whereas somehow Haaland is sitting down and going like, fine, you're mm-hmm. the boss, boss, this is great. Um, funny, and, just on Calvin. Sorry, I was going to say it's funny how he's probably going to end up with a Premier League winners medal, FA Cup winners medal, and possibly a Champions League winners mm-hmm. medal. And he's played about ten minutes. Mm-hmm. It's funny, isn't it? Just what a, what a mad thing it is that they've they've created. But we know yeah. they've done it. I mean, he'll, like he'll probably um, get more game time next year. It's not unusual for first year signings to be a bit. It takes a while, doesn't it? It was obviously, um, as we saw with yeah, Bielsa at Leeds. Like it, it took, takes a while for people to get used to the system, doesn't it? Grealish is the the great example because he looked awful last year like compared to what they were expecting and then now like absolutely integral to everything that they're doing and saying himself is like yeah I couldn't really get the hang of it last year but this year perfect so Phillips sort of shoulder out go again next year and um, yeah with the medals in the cabinet well, with already refer- with reference to last year then team from last year when we got spanked 7-0 when things got a little bit uh, should we say difficult Melier was in goal then you got a back four of Shackleton, Ailing, Urente, and Furpo, Dallas and Forshaw in front of them. Or was it potentially even Shackleton? Was Shackleton in midfield and Dallas at right back? I'm not sure. Then with Rafinha, Robertson, Harrison in front of them and, and Dan James up front. So have we got a better team now no. than that? It's just different, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, we've not we've not got anyone as good as Rafinha anymore. And I'd love Dallas to be fit to play midfield, even though he's not a midfielder. I'd take Shaq Lifton at this point. Yeah, probably. At least he's fast. So we've got mm. Melier, Ailing, possibly Forshaw, and Harrison consistent with that team last year. Yeah, it feels very uh, championshipy, that, doesn't it? It does, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Yeah. I mean, I can't see us getting anything from this. I, don't, I mean, I don't how, know. How what... are we going to set up? This is a question, isn't it? Does he, does he maybe. I don't know, because of, of how he defensive he is, Allardyce, as we were touching on in, the, in part one, does he maybe use McKenney playing off Bamford to an extent? Maybe four, like 4-5-1 four, where McKenney can have a more advanced role? For sure, rock around McKenney and Yeah. Maybe. That's oh. that's what I'm thinking he might do. He kind of hinted Bamford is going to be his starter, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, he's the linchpin up front, isn't he, in terms of holding it up. So he's going to be Kevin Davis in this setup, I suppose. 
which leaves Weston McKenney to be JJ Okocha. Could be Brandon Aronson. That's supposed to be his game, isn't it? Scrapping mm. for second balls. The problem is he's just not very strong. But mm. maybe a week of being shouted at <laughs> might get him to lock on to what he needs to do. A different kind of motivation. Mm. Um, I don't know what he'll do in this. I think he'll play Nonto just cause. Well, if you, if you, you know, as we were talking about when we did the uh, the appointment video, um, you, you, me, and Rob, um, he does like to play inverted wingers. So I think it's not going to be a, a million billion miles away from what we've seen under Gracia. Maybe just with more midfield reinforcements instead of the second striker in a four four two, it might end up being a sort of a hybrid like four five one or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's the extent of my tactical knowledge. So he'll play, he'll play Nonto on the left, Harrison on the right. Uh, who is also very midfieldy orientated in his Harrison, and then yeah, just somebody to run in off off Bamford, mm. or does he use Nonto in that role? It's hard to know, isn't it? Do you go for a more solid midfield structure? Who knows? It, I mean, he did say it starts from the back, so it will be. Um, I think some of the changes might be where our back four is on the pitch, whether they're staying deep and we're just banging it long to Bamford instead of. Because I think one of the problems we've always seen is like Ailing and or Christiansen turning around and ch- trying to chase somebody back towards their own goal if they're already in the 18-yard box, not a problem. And that's the thing where City will kill you if they, they can pass through you. So that'll probably be... Let them pass in front of us, maybe. Yeah, so try to keep them in front of us. So two banks of four or uh, a bank of four, a bank of five, and then um, Bamford just up front on his own doing, see if he can make it stick and then don't worry too much about the knockdowns but if you've got Nonto with his pace uh, maybe and that's maybe Brendan Aronson's pretty quick I suppose anybody who is fast enough to get up there within a reasonable time frame of the ball leaving Liam Cooper's left peg um, if they can maybe get near Bamford by the time it arrives if he's not injured by the way we might have a time who? Liam Cooper we don't know for sure yet do we? I didn't know there was anything wrong with him. Yeah. Well, he went off injured, didn't he? In the Oh, of course he did, game. didn't he? Right. Well, I mean, he's not been fit for about two years, has he? Verber is in the um, inside training video quite prominently, which featured uh, a lot of running. Well, it featured... So the, the first inside training video with Sam Allardyce is... It features... It, well, it features him seeking out the camera at the side of the path as they walk in. Going, oh, you've come to look at me. And then the player's doing laps... And then the player's doing press-ups with Allardyce has got his hand on uh, Rodrigo's shoulder at one point as he's doing press-ups, make sure he's doing them right, and then pass into each other and then laps. So I don't know if that's... An, I mean, it's a two-minute video. I don't know if that's an accurate representation of the full, however long the session was. <laughs> but um, yeah, laps and press-ups. I don't think any of us expect to come away with anything from this one whatsoever, do we? However, we can turn our attention to the other games and see if maybe we can come out of this weekend no worse off. I mean, by definition, we can't in the sense that Forest plays Southampton on Monday night. We've got West Ham against Man United on Sunday evening. So everything's been messed up for the coronation, hasn't it, this um, this weekend? Yeah, the, we're on telly on Saturday afternoon. Yes, we are. we're breaking the, the 3pm blackout. We're the first ones to do so. Apparently. Yeah. So you've got West Ham, Man United, Sunday night at 7. Then we roll forward into Monday, which is another bank holiday, which is very confusing. Fulham versus Leicester. You'd expect Fulham... To go on, Dan James. To do that, go on, Dan James. If it's going go to go, trust Fulham. If it's going to go to form, Brighton versus Everton, that should be Brighton's every day of the week. But you know, we're relying on stuff going to form. And then this is the interesting one, isn't it? Forest versus, versus Southampton. We want Southampton to win that, don't we? Yeah, yeah, I think so because they won't win again. Yeah, I mean, looking at the odds of 
people staying up now, uh, going down, sorry, Southampton, I think, uh, and decimals 1.03, which means if you put a pound on, you'll win a pound and three pence back. Right. So they they are done, according to, the, according to bookmakers. So... Can I just have a, a complaint about the spread of these fixtures, by the way? Because if you're trying to, in, if you're a Leeds fan trying to enjoy your bank holiday, you yeah. basically don't get to relax for a minute, do you? No. Particularly, right, particularly, Smith. particularly Monday, they've deliberately ruined that. You can, you've got to just always be checking scores. Yeah. Dean Smith's been having this because all Leicester's games for the rest of the season until the last one are uh, Mondays. Right. But yeah, so but I'm annoyed. feeling sorry for myself. Dean Smith can fuck off. Well, so is Dean Smith. <laughs> yeah, but he doesn't deserve to because he's a prick. You can uh, cry on John Terry's shoulder. Yeah, it's quite difficult. Well, yeah. what, in terms of a Forest Southampton, if that comes out as a draw, it's not the worst thing in the world, is it? Does if, that leave us needing points, though? Yeah, but... <laughs> our survival, our survival as, does depend as on much not needing as, to get any points, out. Yeah, we? but as much as Moscow saying we could go through the rest of the season and not win any points and still stay up, I think we're probably going to get, we're gonna need to get some points from somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then that, that's the thing. I mean, we've not really addressed whether like where Allardyce is going to take us. Manchester City... Nah. You know, nah. But then after that, Newcastle, West Ham, both former clubs, I think, and bearing in mind his his generally kind of grudgeful demeanour, the idea of putting one over on two former clubs. If motivation, the main thing he's got, then yeah, I want to go out and um, show Eddie how, you know, he's supposed to be a wine buff, isn't he? See if he likes a pint of the stuff being thrown in his face. <laughs> and then Spurs on the final day, you know, we've been talking for a while and Tottenham, every time they take to the pitch, you look at them and just go, they don't want to be there, do no. they? So will they want... I mean, you, you're imagining... They look as mentally feeble as we do. Yeah, but you're, and so you're imagining Sam Allardyce's Bolton, and they would absolutely steamroller this Spurs team on a final day when Bolton need to win to stay up. Spurs don't care anymore than all the players want to leave. I reckon he might go for a cheek pinch on Ryan Mason rather than a handshake. <laughs> Ruffle could, his hair. You can imagine the balls being banged up at Kevin Davies and then JJ Okoch is coming in to finish it off and it's all just like whether that can be achieved with Pascal Strauch and Pat Bamford is a different thing but you saw how like, I was surprised and I wonder if it's maybe just because he'd only just come in it was his first day that uh, Allardyce was all I want we need an informed Pat Bamford so like, look at the way Rodrigo was absolutely going hell for leather against Leicester that's who you would think if I was Sam Allardyce, I'd be like putting him up front for the Kevin Davies job. But we should be able to beat Spurs because purely from that, they don't want it. Yeah. And if it comes down to a crapshoot on that final day with Ellen Road behind you, which it will be, Bristol Rovers he type vibes yeah. about that. I don't know. And one thing it, I will say for the changes this week doable. Alter as much as the managerial change, it does feel like, at least until Man City beat us, it's reframed the way we're seeing those games at Ellen Road now because I was thinking it's going to be a horrible atmosphere. It's going to turn in a second if we if we go behind. Whereas I think now, whether or not it's, it makes any difference to the end of the season, getting rid of Arta is you know debatable because what what more is he actually going to do? Although rumour is that he didn't want to get rid of Gracia and that's partly why he's been seen out the door as well. But I don't. Know, it feels like it reframes that whether or not it should. It's a different matter because... Well, maybe it needed to. But if you're trying to look for an atmosphere that can get you a result, it's probably better that it is positive rather than everyone fucking hating each other. And yeah. it probably, for longer term, I mean, I'm a bit... I am quite snobbish about Sam Allardyce. It's not the kind of... I don't want him to be our manager. And I think the general kind of laughing stock nature of the appointment, which you will see on every other 
podcast and every other football fan is kind of pointing and laughing at getting the idea of getting Big Sam in. But where we are as a football club, our best chances for the future are staying in the Premier League. So we're still getting that money. So we still have that vague hope that we might somehow follow what Brighton have been able to do. The takeover happening simply so that the people who have got us into this state go away. And for that to happen, staying in the Premier League is vital. And if Sam Allardyce shouting at them for a month is the best chance of keeping us up and actually, as we're saying then, his grudges against Newcastle and West Ham, the, the destructive style of play, what we can potentially do at Spurs on the last day and just, as you're saying, Victor Orta already going, kind of giving people that slightly more it's taking relaxed the heat, feeling. Taking the heat out of it a little bit, yeah. Um, it is just, go on then Sam, sort it out and then like three million quid, fine. Not yep. my money. As we come out of winter and head into spring, energy prices are still sky high, meaning receiving an energy bill can be as stressful as glancing at the league table. Did you know you could get ready for next winter and save up to £1,150 a year by upgrading to a new, more efficient boiler and using a Google Nest learning thermostat? Boxed, take away the hassle of upgrading your boiler to a brand new A-rated one. The process takes just a few minutes on their website. Couldn't be easier. Installation is carried out by an expert, qualified installer, and is included in the price that you quoted. A 0% finance is available, subject to status. Boxed will give you a fixed, fair price in just 90 seconds. And as a listener to this show, you can save an additional £50 on your online quote by using the code TSB50. Head to boxed.co.uk, that's B-O-X-T.co.uk. Use that code TSB50 to get ahead of the game, upgrade your boiler, and start saving money now. Yeah, heroes and villains now then. Let's do that. Part three of the show. Uh, villain of the Week Award. No candidates for petty grievances whatsoever because we subdivide this. The Ken Bates Villain of the Week Award. Genuine candidates. Leeds United, the board, the, the manager, the owners, the future owners. Who's having it? Break it down for me. I will say this has been saved a little bit by Luca B. There was literally one nomination for non-Leeds people. Normally you get, you know, John Terry's in it or someone. Not a single Bournemouth nomination other than Luca B, who, God bless him, said, I hate their presence in the top flight, like Brentford. Far too tiny in League One to be here with their non-league ground. Fuck off. Which, Which was good. Yeah. I was glad for I was glad that someone was fighting. Some the good external fight. lashing out. Yeah. As otherwise as unfair and unfounded as it might be. Yeah, Janice Soprano was the other external nomination, but that's only because I said I'd been watching the Sopranos trying to ignore the games of other uh, of other teams. I, I don't think She's annoying in it. In fairness, yeah, right. she's she's a dreadful person. But I I don't think um I don't think she's a, a legitimate candidate for this. I've still not watched it yet. I need to go and watch that as well. Um, it's very I mean, good. Yeah, and she just described here as the Jake Humphrey of the show. <laughs> it's not the it's not the line I'd have drawn, but no. she just yeah, just a real a real dreadful human in it. Right. I'd so, maybe take issue with Luca B slightly because if Luton Town come up next year or this year and they're in the Premier League next year, I quite like the idea of the Premier League just being overrun by tiny mm. clubs with little stadiums. I saw, um, it, it was weird, somebody did a very defensive tweet about Luton coming up where there were like some pictures of Kenilworth Road and going like, people are laughing at this stadium being in the Premier League. And I was amazed that anybody would be because absolutely... Yeah, Phil, Phil made exactly the same point on his show, yeah. I would be delighted if that stadium mm. was in the Premier League because it's completely ridiculous. It cocks a snoot to all the other stupid space-age grounds like Spurs, doesn't it? Yeah, so them and uh, Bournemouth can stick around and hopefully, you know, under better circumstances, we might actually be able to beat them. Mm. I fancy us against Luton next year better than I do against um, Manchester City this weekend. And I know that that will come back to haunt me if we stay up 
well, if we get relegated, then it's ridiculous. And then next year, when Luton are running rings around us at um, Elland Road. Well, it's the plastic pitch, isn't it? Well, so, yeah, we can't compete. <laughs> anyway, back to the candidates for this this week. We've got nominations for the board, all of the players, the ex-manager and the future owners. Yeah, he wasn't. The, I don't think he was the ex-manager when he was nominated. Right. Um, but yeah, we've not had time as, for the new manager yet. Described as a chump right. by, by Sarah, which, which seems fair enough. Yeah, I mean, the board, Patrick says, for the hubris, the arrogance, the condescension, the cocksure belief they'd masterminded leaders escape from the Darklands and failing to recognise that it was Bielsa all along. The genius was appointing him, the failure of not recognising he's the genius. Mm. <laughs> the, next, the next nomination comes from Radrazani. Uh, it comes about Radrazani, but the name is Andrea Radrazani Hates Children, <laughs> which I don't think is true. Um, we're not as far as he let one designer our kit, didn't he? Yeah, which feels very, very generous. How can I hate children? I was one. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> uh, yes, he owns the fucking thing and is where the book stops. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't excuse the absolute dross. I think as anyone who started on one thing has gone, the fucking players. But actually, while we're on it, yeah, the owners too. Actually, and the manager. And the future owners. And the, and the future, well, yeah. they've got 44% already, haven't they? Yeah, the future owners, Philip nominates them. Um, the 49ers have not helped he obviously slags off the current board first. The ongoing limbo <laughs> has just prolonged a false sense of success after staying up last season. We are screwed. Everyone's really angry, aren't they? I've gone past anger. I've gone into the acceptance stage now. That's what Big Sam's done for you. Yeah, it's just that it's not healthy, is it? It's not healthy to be angry all the time. And as I, Michael, you'll know. <laughs> I'm not angry. I'm just, I'm just sad. <laughs> Furious man. Just I think charging uh, around here, upsetting everybody. I suppose this was where getting rid of Arthur help the mood though because he's he's one of the things people have wanted addressed for a while and now he's gone and even though it probably makes absolutely no difference from this point onwards still kind of gives people what they want for a bit we've yeah got a, we've got one head to put on a stick haven't we and it was i quite like that part of brad Rizzani's farewell statement where he's like now is the time for unity apart from him because we're sacking him <laughs> but the rest of us the ones who aren't being sacked now is the time for unity mm. so Still, but it's, it is you, a sign. You've, that, had, uh, you've had your sacrifice. Now, uh, now we pull together. Yeah, yeah, but that's the that's the thing. Is I don't think one sacrifice will be enough. But to be fair, he did acknowledge it, didn't he? That, that substantial change needs to come in the summer, and it will in some form or another. In the sense that we need a, a sporting director. So, mm. yeah, it's that thing. I mean, I think we talked about it with the uh, the DM to Conor McGilligan. What he's saying, you know, I am responsible. It's like when does responsibility turn into? Sometimes, and it was fitting in stuff I was thinking about, like people may have seen. It's a bit of a weird comparison, but BuzzFeed News getting closed down and the guy who was sacked all those people saying, yeah, I'm really sorry, I, I got everything wrong. And it's like, well, yes, but you've, you're a multimillionaire at the end of all this and you're sacking all these people and you still have a job and you're going to try again. It's like, well, when? why aren't you leaving? And it seems to be that consistent problem is once you are rich enough, to own something, the consequences never actually seem to ever affect you in some in a significant way. The the price that Radrizzani could ultimately pay is not making as much profit on selling leads as he once thought he was going to. So it's not really, you know, and the the price other people may pay for relegation is it was talked about, you know, ordinary workers will lose their jobs. It's like, well, they don't have to. Like you could just not sack them because you've got enough money to not sack them and if your decisions fucked the thing up and got the club relegated then how about you take on the sacrifice of maybe a pay cut maybe you know 
put some more money in to keep other people employed. But it's like, no, no, unfortunately, the only thing that we can do is going to have to sack these other people and I'll stay because um, it was my fault. Who are we giving this to? Because it feels like a very broad umbrella kind of broad brush approach to, to the villainy this week. Are we giving it to all of them? The whole damn thing? Maybe the way to play it is um, is we put it into the, the the gift of the listener and we say, the person that you are thinking of or the people that you are thinking yeah, of. Yeah, I was going to think pl- plural. They are the villain. Or we just kick week. a man while he's down and give it to Victor Alton. <laughs> <laughs> no, because as Moscow has just Throw made... Throw it at him on his way out. Has just made a very eloquent... Yeah, smack him on the back of the head with it. I mean, to be fair, that award that we won, the most recent one, is a very bloody yeah, heavy duty thing, kills one with that. Yeah. Who are you... No, I'm saying so don't throw it anywhere. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. No, I'm saying it's too risky. You, well, want, you want it to be more of a, yeah. fucking hell. That wasn't the beginning of a plan. That was the end of a plan. <laughs> Rather than a, oh God, they're not getting up. Right. Because that'd be bad. <laughs> yes. No, absolutely. But Moscow just made a very eloquent case for um, this one. Well, the sh- as you're saying, the shit rolls downhill, doesn't it? But let's stop that shit. Let's push that shit back up the hill. Are we giving it to... I, I, don't, I don't think Radrazani can escape Do we get gloves? This. Just because Radrazani's been DMing people and has sacked Victor Orta doesn't mean he should escape oh, no. this one this week. So, yep. all of them. Give it to who you want. Is that fine? <laughs> yeah, fine. Right, okay. I mean, some more positive things. The Bournemouth scores. <laughs> the Bournemouth scores out of 10 for the game. Doesn't reflect well when the referee is the highest scoring person <laughs> that people have been asked to score out of 10. I mean, Javi Gracia got 0.63 out of 10. Uh, is that a low? It's the lowest, the lowest manager mark of the year. The referee got 3.91 it, out of 10. The, the scores on the managers are quite interesting, actually, because Jesse's lowest was against Forrest, got sacked. And you can see the manager scores building as well. Like You, mm. you have a bad performance, and you, the first bad performance, you get like three. But then by the end, people are like, fuck off, zero. You're like, yeah. no, I'm not giving you any points for what's happened there. Gracia and uh, Marsh, if you drop below 4.9, you get sacked. Right is the tale from this, because Jesse was sacked at 4.85 as an average. Gracia ended at 4.8. Which, so, not, yeah. nothing between them. Which, when we're marking out of 10, falling under 5 basically is your danger point, isn't it, halfway? Scoobs <laughs> should just be thankful that we didn't keep him, because otherwise he'd be down there too, probably. When you look at some of the individual scores as well, I think there is a still a line between people who go 0-10 to 10 in the Le Keep fashion and people who respect the sort of match stats of the early... 90s where nobody ever got less than four. Like four used to be the, mm. the lowest mark. So you on the scores for um, the Bournemouth game, there are still the odd, very generous like fours and fives for Javi Grathia from people who I think just don't want to use anything below four. It's always that thing people go to play in France and they're like, how the hell are you giving me one out of ten? I like My worst performance in England was four. So I think that artificially, like if those people weren't around, I'd dread to think what have you would have got for this. So if you are somebody who who marked him four or above, thank you for your generosity. And uh, it was Javi's birthday that weekend. <laughs> so I think he, he will have appreciated you keeping his his final average above 0.6. <laughs> we should say the bottom three duking it out for the wooden spoon were in reverse order, Ilan Melier. 1.06, Rasmus 1.04, Weston McKenney 1.02. So it's all to play for down there. Um, but McKenney's had some bad, bad scores. But our, our man of the match was Adam Forshaw, 3.67, just seeing off Willie Nonto, which means Adams, Tyler Adams still stays top of the pops, doesn't he, for now, by virtue of the fact of being injured throughout all this. So yep. injury it's, is going to take into him. this, yeah. It's serving him well. It's all coming together. Tyler Adams can win Player of the Year by not playing again. We can uh, stay in the Premier League by not winning again. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, I don't think there's any change at the top, actually, but... Because their average ratings are coming down, 
Nonto and Verba are now in very they're basically a game a bad game away from being overtaken by Daniel James. <laughs> I mean, this is the thing. So Tyler Adams, Dan James, and Matthias Klicker are three out of the top five. Their numbers are all set in stone now for the season, mm-hmm. aren't they? Because they're all either injured or, injured or gone. So it's quite possible <laughs> that a player we've sold, a player who's been out on loan, and one who's been injured will be will be the medal. We'll take the medals this year. I mean, when we started this, we kind of assumed it would work for selecting a player of the year. I feel like there's a bit more statistical analysis needed now to try and to try and find. Are you, are you suggesting the method of just scoring stuff out of ten doesn't work? Yeah, yeah. You almost need to like look at were they above the average each week or and make some sort of average of that. I feel, or we just get we just get a nice little silver award made for Dan James. Yeah, we can hand it to him. I think yeah. he'd appreciate it. I think the symbolism of it, it would be huge. Mm. It'd send the right message, wouldn't it? A message I mean, of defiance and anger. Especially if we engrave it with little scum bastard. <laughs> the alternative for player of the year, did we ever set a rule about minimum number of games? No, but we can we can gerrymander it and reverse engineer it. No, I was going to say, because the other, the other option is that Archie Gray comes on in the final game of the season, scores a goal. We give him player of the season. Uh, and gets 9 out of 10, Keeps 10 out of 10, yeah. player of the year from half an hour. It's our award, we'll do what we want. Yeah. I mean, Matches Click was um, inflated slightly by his... Uh, last appearance when he got quite a lot of people just gave him 10 out of 10 for, <laughs> for, uh, for, for leaving, leaving. <laughs> but they all count that, sound, that sounds mean they all count in a nice way he gave him 10 out of 10 right yeah. listen let's move it on to the Gitano Baradi Hero of the Week award first suggestion comes from Harrison who suggests that we should uh, rename this section or it should be removed removed removed, removed not renamed is what he says yeah that we're not I don't think we should any real nominations for this the bus driver Graham wanted to say well done to the bus driver who got the team to the stadium mm-hmm but was the bus driver complicit in the whole ignoring people in reception by demanding that we have to set off at a certain time? Who who can only know? We can typically, only speculate. Typically a bit grumpy, aren't they, bus drivers? Mm. I think from us. So maybe so. Stuart Dallas gets a nomination. The fans get a nomination. For trying to motivate and failing. <laughs> Lost 4-1, didn't we? Pathetic, Stuart. You motivated me. What, I felt loads what? better. Just, oh, you just felt better. When I saw the news, Stuart Dallas is there. Mm. I, you know, I didn't think he was going to play, but just that moment of like, oh... He could. Made me happy. There are a couple of nominations for things that made people avoid the game, such as the trains, hitching Mike's train, fell through, couldn't get there, so managed to miss the mess. The visual radio let down bingo that went off air, so couldn't listen slash watch to that. L- listen slash watch to that? Listen to slash watch that. That's what I meant. Whatever you do with, with those things. I'm awarding myself a four out of ten for today's performance. Non-leads candidates, who are these? Well, mm-hmm. I know who Bielsa is, by the way. Jelly nominates Bielsa, but we, we, we've I don't think we could, I don't want to bring him into this mess, do we? <laughs> I mean, Brentford are in there for keeping us out of the relegation zone with a win against Forest. I suppose we should congratulate Leicester and Everton for contriving to draw as well, because that was probably. I was I'd kind of consoled. Con, consoled? No, I hadn't done that. Consol- yeah, I'd console myself with the idea that Leicester would win that game and that they would then go clear, but Everton would be in further trouble. But actually, a draw, mm. good. There was also, and it's terrible to say it because it looked like a really bad injury, but Seamus Coleman. Because they've been terrible. You absolute monster. Well, they've been like, you got to, you know, it's all part of the game. They've been absolutely terrible down that side. Mm. So they were putting Seamus Coleman back in to stop them just leaking goal after goal from there. He didn't have to get injured as badly as he did. No, you'd have been happy with a little groin strain that keeps him out for a month, wouldn't you? But I was going to say, uh, where's his career ender by the looks of it? So it's, um, it doesn't do us anyhow. So, so nominate him as a hero, Seamus Coleman. He's probably feeling pretty bad. So this might cheer him up. No. I don't want to give it to anybody was, this week. Um, I'm, not, I'm not feeling generous enough. That one good West Ham defender did his hamstring last night as well. Yeah. So that's good. 
Uh, I, don't, I don't think anyone deserves it's it. Fans deserve it. Horrible what relegation turns you into when you're celebrating <laughs> other people's injuries. The only thing I've got is the fans. Maybe Garth Crooks for keeping the Bielsa party going until now. That's mm. true, yeah. He's, he's, he's just waking up to the yeah. news. <laughs> he's, the he's hangover just, he's is coming down. He's there for what? You're joking. <laughs> it's funny how people still think like Bielsa, we're still playing Bielsa's yeah. style. We've been attacking too much, Michael. Christ. Yeah, I mean, Danny Mills was on the other week saying that... Danny Mills will say anything, won't he? It, was, it might have been even ahead of the bomb. I thought, that's the game. He was saying, our oh, well, Leeds just the you know, they're, they're conceding all those goals because they're just so gung-ho in attack. You're like, have you, be, have you fucking seen us in yeah. recent weeks? If, we're, if, we're, if we had nothing like that, we're timid and shy. Who are we giving it to? Are we even bothering? I don't want to. Ho- hotel kid. It's hotel kid, haven't it? Although, uh, actually... He came out and ruined everyone, everyone's anger by saying he had a nice time. <laughs> You're supposed to have a nice time. This is Leeds. Stop being reasonable about it. <laughs> just because uh, four players were nice. Just think how much better, and that made his day. Just think mm. how much better his day would have been if like... 14. 14 players, mm. if the other ones had been as nice. It kind of... So maybe um, for being so like... I mean, it goes two ways. It, it takes so little to make a kid's day when you're a footballer maybe the award is to the children give it the, the whole children's concept because I remember that in fact the this, fu- uh, the future, aren't they? this mm. reminds me of the end of um, treat them well was it the Leicester game or no it wouldn't have been Leicester game it was one of the games where we got absolutely trounced it was a night match maybe it was a Leicester game Brendan Aronson it was in the one where he was the last off the pitch he went on his, this slow walk of his own and obviously he'd, he'd played like Brendan Aronson but then at the front of the cop, there was a little gang of kids. They were all like, Brendan, Brendan, Brendan. And he went over. Was it his mates? And they got there and they were like, fuck off. No, no. He, <laughs> he, he took his coat off and he threw his shirt to them and they were delighted. They were running around. They didn't care if Brendan Aronson had played well or played badly or who he was. They were just delighted that even, um, and I've seen the photos, um, our photographer was there, Lee Brown, and he's got the photos of him looking absolutely distraught or like just drained but he made their night with that and then he did carry on walking around the cop and a bit further up I saw a gaggle of old blokes about 10 rows back going fuck off Brendan I think it was the Liverpool game it could yeah it sounds about right children the children who still believe mm. in they're like they will travel all the way to a hotel before a game and be glad that Weston McKenney ignores them because he's concentrating. That's, you know, fine, happy with that. He was trying to work out how to use his suitcase with McKenney in fairness. That Brendan Aronson, he can be rubbish, but the kids will still be delighted just to touch him or be in his presence. They are the one pure, true things that, you know, will probably, if we do get relegated, there'll still be kids at the end of that game going like, can I have your shirt, Willie Nonto? Can I have an autograph, Pat Bamford? So bless them. Bless Can we them, bless close them. out the show with Michael doing a rendition of Greatest Love of All? You know, uh, that we started doing the lyrics before, didn't we? Yeah, I don't, I don't know it. I believe the children are our future. I don't, I don't really know it beyond that. Teach them well and let them lead the way. Show them all the beauty they possess inside. Give them a sense of pride to make it easier. Let the children's laughter remind us how we used to be. We'll see you soon. The Square Ball Podcast. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.